in the journey of trauma recovery, understanding the concept of self-regulation and building trust in our body's natural capacity for healing is important, though difficult. In this episode, I will make the case that your body is compelled to self-regulate and that trauma stops this natural process. I'm also going to describe how you can get unstuck from trauma by allowing your natural capacity for self-regulation to happen. And finally, I will give you a starting point for what you can do today. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a therapist, coach, and the creator of the Polyvagal Trauma Relief System. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken, where I teach you how to finally get relief from trauma using clear language and practical techniques This podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. I'm over on justinlmft.com. This morning, I had a blog come out called Trauma Recovery, Trusting in Your Power to Self-Regulate. So what is trauma? By now, you should know this if you've listened to the podcast before. Basically, it's the inability to access our polyvagal state of safety and social engagement. It's being stuck in a defensive state or being easily triggered into a a defensive state and being able to self-regulate out of that. If you have no idea what the polyvagal theory is, head over to episode 101 and listen to that through 109 and you'll be good to go. So basically trauma is not just what you went through. Trauma is the impact of what you went through or what you didn't go through, like having healthy attachment when you were uh, growing up. So how does trauma recovery work? Therapists use all kinds of modalities with their clients to recover from trauma. I have my own. It's called the Polyvagal Trauma Relief System, which has three very specific phases for helping people to recover from their traumatized state. The first one is learn the science of the polyvagal theory and other foundational pieces, but I focus on the polyvagal theory. This normalizes and it builds a new narrative for the self, which can reduce self-judgment, blame, and shame. And then you can move on to phase two, which is to increase and maintain access to your safety state. And this will increase your distress tolerance, which prepares you for phase three. And that is directly unstucking, directly going after, through with curiosity, the stuck defensive state and being able to self-regulate mindfully through it by actually attuning to the dysregulation. In this episode, I'm going to address phase one. It also touches upon phase two and it lightly, ever so lightly graces upon phase three, uh, which is allowing the stuck defensive state to be present. Regulation is a biological uh, compulsion. Our bodies are compelled to regulate. They must regulate. Do you remember learning about homeostasis in grade school, maybe? Encyclopedia Britannica says that homeostasis is any self-regulating process by which biological systems tend to maintain stability while adjusting to conditions that are optimal for survival. If homeostasis is successful, life continues. If unsuccessful, disaster or death ensues. So yeah, homeostasis, self-regulation, pretty darn important. Regulation optimizes ourselves, our biology, our our self-maintenance, and also increases our potential for successful reproduction. Like on a biological level, it's very important to self-regulate. And as mammals, we are the most self-regulated when we have access to uh, our, our polyvagal state of safety and social engagement. In those pathways, 
that's where we can optimize health and growth and restoration. The polyvagal theory actually links our biological imperative, and this is from the Polyvagal Institute, or it's Porges through the Polyvagal Institute. He says that it links our biological imperative, that's what he called an imperative, links our biological imperative to connect with others to neural pathways that calm our autonomic nervous system. These systems in the context of mammalian physiology are foundational processes through which behavioral experiences can lead to sociality and optimal health, growth, and restoration, which he loves to say. So yeah, self-regulation, we must have it pretty darn important, but trauma gets in the way. It, it disrupts the natural process of self-regulation because when traumatized, you're stuck in a defensive state and have less access to that polyvagal safety state and socialization potential. That means you're stuck in flight, fight, shut down, or freeze. If you don't have access to your safety state, numerous, I mean, numerous potential health problems result. The Adverse Childhood Experiences study proved this. In that study, uh, one of the things they found was as the number of ACEs, so as the number of adverse childhood experiences, as the number of ACEs increases, so does the risk for negative outcomes. And these are not just psychological and behavioral, but also physical. So basically, the more traumatic experiences one has, the more negative effects one lives with across all of their domains, not just psych psychologically. And this is because the body is unable to regulate itself and access its, its uh, safety state. And so optimal homeostatic functioning is lost, uh, especially someone or for someone in, who's in a traumatized state for our purposes here. So then to recover from trauma, you need to return and allow self-regulation. That's the high level answer, the, the kind of umbrella you know, answer to this. If you can do that, then self-regulation will result in the autonomic nervous system shifting out of its stuck defensive state and more and more into its polyvagal state of safety. That's the high level answer. And maybe the next step here is to understand what's preventing self-regulation. Cause I don't think you're doing it on pur you know, purpose. None of us here are staying stuck in a defensive state on purpose. It's not like we're willing that to be so. If anything, if we could choose simply to be unstuck, I'm sure you would do that right now. So what prevents self-regulation to recover from trauma? A whole bunch of stuff gets in the way of self-regulation. A whole bunch of stuff prevents trauma recovery, but I'm gonna group it into two things. And that is you keep yourself stuck and also that we keep each other stuck. And I'm gonna focus in this episode on how you keep yourself stuck very briefly. And I'm gonna break that into two ways and that's behavioral adaptations and cognitive adaptations. A behavioral adaptation is a behavior that we engage in as an adaptation to our stuck defensive energy. It's something that we do to reduce the feeling of discomfort or the pains that we're going through. Okay, so it reduces the intensity of our stuck defensive state. But it also stops us from climbing up the polyvagal ladder, coming out of a defensive state or maybe coming out of shutdown up into fight or up from fight up into flight, or from releasing that stuck freeze energy. So these behavioral adaptations can be so many things, and four of them could be substance abuse, or substance use, self-harm, disordered eating, 
bullying, but there's so many of these that, that we do, things that we do. It could be like mindless phone swiping. Things that we do to reduce the intensity of what we're going through. The other way that you keep yourself stuck is through cognitive adaptations. These are top-down skills that we do to cope with the pains of our stuck defensive state. It's basically the same as a behavioral adaptation, but rather than being a behavior, rather than that, it's more of a brain thing that we do. Rather than being an actual behavior that we do and partake in, it's more of a thought-based kind of thing. And I should definitely be clear here that uh, Dr. Porges did not specifically differentiate between cognitive or behavioral adaptation. So this is really my insertion into the theory here that has not been warranted or sanctioned or asked for. <laughs> but there's a whole bunch of cognitive adaptations that we do that distract ourselves or reduce the intensity of what we're going through. Examples of cognitive adaptations are rationalizing, minimizing or ignoring, maximizing or catastrophizing, denial of projection, ruminations, obsessions. We do all these things that focus on the outside world or focus on or keep us stuck in our thoughts rather than allowing ourselves to attune with, to what's happening within from the bottom up. Mindfulness can help a lot. So let's talk about that next, the role of mindfulness. These behavioral and cognitive adaptations are things that you might be doing to reduce your defensive activation. You're probably not doing these things purposely, but instead it's more of a habit or a reflex. And you know, in a way they've worked. They may have successfully reduced your emotional dysregulation. They may have thwarted a panic attack or two or three or four, or maybe you got your mind off of something painful. So in a way they've worked, but it might be trying to try something different. And I think that mindfulness and actually experiencing the things that you have inside might be where you need to go. Maybe not right now, maybe not directly, you know, to that, the stuck pain, but eventually I do think this is where we need to end up. So hear me out. All right. In order to self-regulate out of a stuck traumatized state, you must first be able to allow the defensive activation and to actually feel your feelings. Now, I think a lot of good can be done through simply working on or focusing on your, your polyvagal safety state. My Building Safety Anchors course is all about that. A lot of good can be done. But to truly get unstuck and really like get to that next level of trauma recovery, I, I do think eventually you need to be able to mindfully feel your feelings. So to do that, you have to be mindful. You have to, mindfulness is necessary. And that's basically the ability to exist in the present moment in curiosity, to anchor yourself in your polyvagal safety state, to exist in the present moment, and then to bring that, that anchored safety state to your stuck defensive state. Once you're in, you know, anchor firmly in your safety state, you can exist in the present moment. You can be curious. And by being in the present moment, you can connect your cognitive processes with your bottom up experiences. So it aligns your thoughts with what's happening within you. It calms them enough to be able to focus on the bottom up experience. And then as the interference from your cognitions diminishes, 
and once your behavioral adaptations diminish as well in that moment, and you actually align with what's happening within you, then self-regulation can potentially unfold naturally. Now, this might sound scary, like maybe this is terrifying you. I know. This does require a lot of trust in your natural capacity to self-regulate. Remember before we started this, the way I started this off was by saying that you must self-regulate. So now what we're saying is that you have to trust in your capacity to be able to do so. Your response might be, I can't. And you might be right. Maybe right now, if you were to try this right now, this moment, it is too much to ask. But as you work on your safety state, eventually you may be able to. And at that point, it will require some trust. Self-regulation is not a conscious choice. It's a biological mechanism that requires trust in the present moment. Trusting that you're able to self-regulate, your body's able to heal or recover, however you want to say it, to get unstuck. And so, you know, we can totally create a situation where self-regulation is more likely. Like we can pick the right environment, we can set the right mood, we can be with safe people, we can practice, you know, breathing skills. But yes, trust is also needed. Trust in yourself and in what your body can do. When your stuck defensive state emerges and it attempts to unstuck itself, it might be overwhelming. It might be really overwhelming, especially if you're not prepared for that. So part of that's trust, but also part of that is preparing yourself through building the state, of, building the um, strength of your safety state. Because as your state attempts to discharge or to climb the polyvagal ladder, you're probably going to have difficult emotions and memories, sensations and impulses. These are going to emerge. If you have freeze energy within you, you're going to feel the fear of your freeze immobility. And maybe not just fear, but you're going to feel overwhelmed or panic or maybe even rage. So even in the, in the face of, of these difficult emotions, trust is necessary. You need to trust that your body can navigate these emotions and that you can allow it and witness it and experience it. It won't be just the emotions, but there's going to be sensations. There's going to be impulses that are underneath the emotions that are going to come up as well. So if you can successfully mindfully experience your emotions, at least, then this is going to open up an avenue for self-regulation to unfold. And then as you, as your body goes through that natural self-regulation, there's going to be sensations and impulses that emerge from that. So then if you can, as you feel an impulse, you need to act on it. You need to mindfully allow it and act on it. So if there's an impulse to slowly emerge from shutdown, maybe just you know by reorienting to the environment very slowly, you, you allow it and you mindfully experience it. From your fight state, you might feel an impulse to squeeze. So can you allow that and mindfully experience it in a very safe way, in a non-destructive way, like maybe with a, with a fidget? I love these uh, rubber hedgehog rings. They're these like rings, <laughs> but, um, I guess they're more like bracelets, but they're rubber and they have these spikes all over them and they're really good for squeezing and pulling, twisting. I like to pull them a lot when I get more of that aggressive fight energy in my system. I, I just pull and I feel 
my chest, my back, my shoulders. I just feel those muscles uh, flexing. It's phenomenal. I love those uh, hedgehog rings. Now, if these impulses come up and you're not able to act on them, on them, then it's probably not time for you to be mindfully allowing your defensive activation. And instead, you probably would benefit more from building the strength of your, of your safety state. Hey, by the way, I have a, um, a download for you in this episode in the description. It's my SSIEC, SSIEC, wow, one sheet. It's state, sensation, impulse, emotion, cognition. And I've mentioned all of these things in this episode, and they, they all connect. They all connect through your polyvagal state. So through this one sheeter, you can build vocabulary, get some language for these things, and try to, and, and you can connect some pieces. So head on over to, uh, well, the link's in the description. Go there, sign up for my email list, and you'll get the SSIEC sheet. So I've mentioned this safety state thing a lot. Um, yeah, super important. Safety leads to recovery. You need to eventually allow that stuck defensive state to exist in the present moment consciously and with curiosity. Eventually to welcome it and experience it in all of the SSIEC, so it, with the state, with the sensation, the impulse, emotions, and the cognitions that come along with your polyvagal state. And that might be a terrifying idea, but I think we can make this manageable. I'm gonna give you the overall broad view of this, okay? To allow defensive activation first, anchor in safety. That's, that's really the key here. The safety state's vital for self-regulation to occur effectively. When you first anchor in your safety state, then you'll have curiosity to observe your stuck defensive state without judgment. Super important. And then you want to re-anchor yourself and then repeat that. Anchoring in safety and then allowing defense is not enough. It's something you need to return to continually. It's a long process. It won't be done all at once. Um, instead, think of this like you're you know, working out a muscle and you're building the strength of it. Same thing. Same thing with the safety state. And for traumatized individuals, they have a safety state that's compromised. Those uh, safety pathways aren't strong enough yet, or they may be uh, easily lost access to when there's a certain trigger in the environment. For all of us, but maybe for traumatized individuals in particular, it's really important to continually exercise accessing your safety state, right, first. There's that. But then eventually, after anchoring in safety to then allow some defense, just a little bit, just like, a, like dipping a toe in the water, and then come back to safety. So think of it as like a safety sandwich, right? You start off in safety, you, you touch into defense ever so lightly, and then come back to safety. It's really important to build tolerance for defense, defensive activation during trauma recovery because it's going to come up. So practice being in your safety state to build tolerance. This helps to build your capacity to access and exist in your defense, in, I'm sorry, in your safety state. Balancing safety and defense in trauma recovery. I know this might sound scary, but welcoming your defensive state activation is not only okay, but it is necessary in the trauma recovery process eventually. If you simply focused on building the strength of your, of your safety state, I think you'd have a much more meaningful, 
much more functional and fulfilling life. But if you want to get to that next step and truly recover from trauma, the next step really is to allow that defensive activation mindfully or, or what's left of it. Cause I don't think it'll be nearly as, as uh, dysregulated, but we don't want to address that all by itself. We don't want to address that all at once. The defensive activations instead we go at it when anchored in safety, when you're anchored in safety, you should eventually feel curiosity or interest. I call this the safety states, uh, interest impulse. And this is a sign that you are ready to begin self-regulation. So when you feel that interest of like, what the heck's going on inside of me? What is this like? That's a sign that you're ready to begin self-regulation. Then you remain anchored in your safety state to allow defense. Although the purpose is to allow defense and self-regulation, that is the purpose, but maintaining access to your safety state is the priority. Because if you lose access and spiral into a dysregulated state, there's, there won't be much benefit to that uh, self-regulation attempt at all, probably. My polyvagal trauma relief system teaches you how to do all of this and more. Okay, This episode teaches you what is necessary for trauma recovery and kind of what that looks like broadly, but PTRS teaches you how to do that. It has clear ideas, clear language, and of course, practical techniques the polyvagal trauma release system makes trauma recovery possible. It's a comprehensive package that addresses all three of the necessary recovery trauma recovery phases. You can learn more about PTRS through the link in the description. And hey, don't hesitate to reach out to me if you have a question. So I'm going to give you one thing you can do right now to aid yourself in your trauma recovery. So right now, or as soon as possible, check your immediate environment, like at work or at home, wherever you're at. And ask yourself how you feel in that environment. Do you feel more safe or less safe? Do you feel more like you can breathe or less like you can breathe? Do you feel more like smiling or less like smiling? Then I want you to alter one thing in the environment today or right now to increase the passive safety cues that are, that are entering your system. Pick one thing you can change like uh, opening the blinds, opening a window, letting in fresh air, cleaning up clutter, tidying your space, or just, you know, removing knickknacks that you don't need or are, are not benefiting you. Now, this little thing doesn't heal your trauma. I, I know that. However, it does provide more safety cues and it reminds your body that you're safe passively. These are just passive things that, that are neurocepted as safety. That's just right now. It's just today, right? But do more things when you can. And, you know, not just in your environment, but also listen, you know, the music that you listen to, uh, what alterations can you make there? The movements that you do, what, what alterations can you make there? The things that you spend your time doing, do a little audit, take your own inventory. What can you alter to provide yourself with more safety? So increase the safety experiences. This is going to help you build the strength of your safety state. And you know by now how important that is. Fellow Stucknut, I do hope this episode has been a helpful resource for you in learning and applying the polyvagal theory to your trauma relief. Check the description. I have the SSIEC download link. I also have a link to my polyvagal trauma relief system. Thanks again. Bye. This podcast is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. 
Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you are experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. More resources are available in the description of this episode and in the footer of justinlmft.com.